Hello and welcome to the Wealth on Purpose podcast. It's here where you can navigate the important financial topics that you want to know about. Designed with convenience in mind and a human tone of voice. Communicated to you through real stories and a wealth of experience. This is Wealth on Purpose with Brian Diffley and Brian Hartman. So uh, welcome back. We are back here in Omni Studios. This is officially our second podcast together. We have a cool topic. Again, for those of us who might be tuning in for the first time or not recognizing our voices or our faces yet, I'm Brian Hartman, certainly not your host, but I am sitting next to our host, fellow podcaster, business partner of Grand Bridge Wealth Management, Brian Diffley. Brian Diffley, I feel like we're we're co-podcasters, co-co-hosts here, right? It's just two of us. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, yeah. Fine, I'm fine saying co the whole time. Co. Two, two of us doing our second yeah. episode. Yeah. Which is interesting as as the day is long. Because, but we didn't choose it. Yeah, we didn't we did not choose it. And we were surprised it was chosen. So a little backstory yeah. about today, right? Julie, who's our client experience uh, officer in our office, put a poll out on our social media pages, LinkedIn, Facebook, so on and so forth, about what topics our general audience would be interested in us talking about on this podcast. And with the result that came back, it like blew our socks off. We had like really good topics of what we thought were. Yeah. We thought it'd go another way. And then what people sort of doubled down on was interesting to us, but sort of like more of like an origin story. Yeah. People wanted to know why Brian Diffley and Brian Hartman got into this business of helping people prepare for their financial futures. And then why we stayed in the business, which is so interesting. That they actually want to know our story. Yeah, it's humbling too, right? Because I mean, you kind of want, I mean, I get it to a degree, you kind of want to know who is sort of the surveyor of, of, of your financial lives. So it makes sense why people want, want to do that. Um, you want to go? You want me to go? I'd be happy, you know, however you want to start this off. I mean, let, you know. I mean let's start by saying that a lot of times in our calls, in our meetings, you have to bring up the topic that like when you have someone even working on your house, you love to know their backstory. Oh, so true. Right. Like it just it gives you like it just brings it a little bit more like, yes, you could be someone who just checks the box and says work was done. Room was painted. Or we have like a really cool painter in our lives who has like a really good backstory, who came to the same town, kind of on the same premises as we do. And like we just know we can trust him. He's a great guy. It means so much more knowing that, yes, the work actually looks great. but He's also a good person. So maybe that's kind of the same kind of theory that we're going down here on today's podcast. I agree more. Yeah. I mean, everyone has different spindles in their lives. I, you know this about me. I always get a kick about understanding the different facets or layers of what makes people make the decisions that they make, especially doing something for a quote-unquote living, even more than that, you know, something that they're inherently ambitious, but also like have a strong passion for. And if you can incorporate that into your work, you never have work-life balance. It's work-life integration. So I love when people get fired up about what they're doing and why they're doing it. I love in people's backstories. So this, for me, when people chose it, I was like, all right, that sounds pretty cool. Let's get into that. Yeah. So let's, let's get into it. All right. Let's so my, because there's the why you started and then why you stayed, right? Why you started, why you stayed, kind of different. Why I started is kind of very simple. It was just, I was very lucky to have a lot of, I'd say, very good, wholesome, passionate teachers in my life. All the way, like, I remember my kindergarten teacher, I know this sounds cheesy, but I remember how much they meant to me and how they made me feel. And what they did was they gave me tools for confidence. So, however, every year they changed. 
my teachers change every year, as, as most of us do. So as I got older through college and everything, I thought that it'd be really interesting to still, because in college, I had very enlightened teachers that, you know, also in high school and everything and coaches, but then everyone moved on. I was like, well, what if I could reverse engineer the idea? Because I love the idea of really oh. helping people, making people feel that way, but I don't want to leave them. And maybe they don't want me to leave. So what if I can do something where people need me in the perpetual? like on the ongoing, like for decades at a time. And if we enjoy each other, there'd be never a reason why we'd ever need to cut that cord. This business was a beacon for me when I sort of learned more about it, got my head around it, got my arms around it as an intern when I was still at, at college, and then in graduation, very shortly after 9-11, which was a goofy time to get into the business, but I was at a bank home brokerage house, but I saw people helping people. Not necessarily the exact way that I thought it would happen, but it was fine because I was getting an education on the quote unquote, you know, streets of financial planning and investment guidance. And I actually loved how people were making people feel. Again, you could tell that these people were, were in their clients' lives for such a long time. So it was incredible to see that. I'm like, okay, I think I'm on the right path here. Like, I kind of want to do it a little bit differently, but I kind of like the idea of what I'm seeing here. And I was lucky enough to sit down on some calls back then and the sort of agitation in people's voices got quelled the more that their trusted advisor brought them down to levels where they could feel more grounded. I'm going to interrupt your story. Please do. Only because you brought this topic up to me in the past. And again, let's think about what happened in the financial sector and the economies yeah. immediately after 9-11. Like it fell apart. Families weren't knowing if they were going to have jobs. Their 401ks, retirement savings plummeted for a short period of time. And so I think the general population thought that advisors were like scared to talk to them or whatever it is. And I think what you kind of explained to me and being right there at the front line when you were in this business was you saw the business change pretty quickly as a place where people were talking about returns, investment returns, right. to a place where people and advisors were just being there to be like, are you okay? And really bringing the human side of it. You experienced that firsthand, like first day on the job almost, right? God, I was two, was I two years in? I know that I was 24, 25 years old and I was sitting at this kitchen table that you can tell was well-loved. <laughs> and I was sitting with two older folks. They were, come to know them as two of the most humble people that I've ever met in my entire life and presented something over a few meetings, but this was sort of going to be the final meeting. And I felt really good about it. Thank God I had wonderful, re even though my, my horns were super green, I had wonderful resources back where I was and uh, presented plan anyway. As it turned out, her name was Evelyn. His name was Wesley. Evelyn turns to me and she says, Brian, this sounds great. We trust you. We actually kind of like you. Surprising me at the time. And I said, um, I said, well, thank you. She said, Brian, really what we need you to, to know is that you're a lot younger than us. And although we trust you, we need you to be there for us. And that, sort of reeled me back and I said, wow, what she's asking me to do is to have their backs. Yeah, financial plans, find the numbers and sense, make, make sense objectively, but she wants me to be there. So that, that hit home huge because I was like, I know how to do that. And I don't need a back office for that. Graduate 10 years later, I'm sitting in Evelyn's nursing home with my soon-to-be wife on the other side of her and we're playing bingo. And this changed my life, right? And I'll tell you exactly why. <laughs> so I'm playing bingo with a very elderly woman 
And you have to understand, Evelyn had basically at that point in time, very, very little hearing. She could not hear very well at all. And besides that, she was getting to be pretty blind. So her poor senses were getting defeated. Mm. So that's why we were there to sort of help her. So we're moving the pieces on the, on, on the bingo cards. And she won three times that day. And every time she won, <laughs> the orderlies would come over and, and give her a quarter. So she was 75 cents richer that day, which was fun to see. And as story goes, she was kind of reaching for my hand on the table, kind of like going this. I said, are you okay? She's like, Brian, give me your hand. And she turns to me and she couldn't see me, but she turns to me and she says, Brian, thank you for everything. I mean, she could have been thanking me for making her 75 cents richer to her AUM, who knows, but I like to think that she actually was thanking me for actually being there and seeing her plan through because she was going to be fine. She was in an expensive place that was caring for her body that was no longer well, but she was going to be happy and she was going to be fine. And I think she recognized that. And that actually, I will tell you, for that amount of time, over 10 years at that point, 12 years into the business, I loved it. I loved what I was doing. I didn't know if it loved me back. And that's a really long time to be insecure about a relationship. (laughs) And Evelyn showed me that it did love me back and it just, it lit me on fire. I mean, it it poured new octane into the fuselage for me where every day I I woke up just charged and ready to go and I wanted more Evelyn's. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and I'll say it it makes an incredible amount of sense. But I think as advisors, we all have our first aha moment of like why we actually became advisors. Because for a lot of us, I'll speak for myself, and I think a lot of people can kind of uh, relate to this. Think that being a financial advisor means that you're a wizard on the calculator or you have some type of insights that matter to your clients more. And for maybe your first few years, that is what allows you to build your client base because you're really, you know, past all of your tests, you're really smart on, on the subject matter. But it's not until you find out that financial planning, insurance planning, investment management has very little to do with the numbers and it has everything to do with the people. And it's not something you can go and learn when you're studying for your Series 7 or your CFP or any of that kind of stuff. Only way that it happens is when it finally clicks. And you can go, oh, this isn't the money business or the protection business. We're we're working with people and helping them to get to whatever the step it is. For Evelyn, it wasn't something she was striving for. She didn't even striving for the day that she'd be in a nursing home. She knew that that may happen and that you prepared her for that event. And then... You didn't know her. This wasn't like a family friend. This wasn't like someone who's personally. You knew her because you helped her position this insurance in her portfolio. And then you were actually there in this nursing home because you ended up caring about her. Like, what was that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I fell in love with her and her husband that since long past since then. And and she was alone and family was not as strong as, let's say, my family roots are. And I know your family, you can say the same thing. So it was something where, again, that well-loved kitchen table conversation. I'm like, made a promise to these older people. And I knew that I could manage that and step up to it when it happened. And all I had to do was play bingo with somebody. That was more than that, obviously. But I mean, it was many, many years of like slowly having that relationship build. But it felt a lot more than just client advisor relationship. And everyone has that. But to your point, Bri, you don't get that feeling automatically when you pass the test. Or when you graduate, or when you get your designations, right? So, I mean, I know your your story of origin is pretty special too, and you know, mine's just half of it. But the people that responded to that poll, they want to hear yours too. Uh, yeah. All right. So I'll tell mine. So in college, and actually before college, I was working for a big e-commerce startup, 
you know, you know my story a little bit. Very small company ended up being one of the biggest players in the industry. And so through that process, you know, I kind of was an intern. I was helping them run some of the different business models inside the company. When I graduated, I had a job opportunity waiting for me. My dad told, told this wedding eight years or nine years ago at my wedding and said, I just can't believe Brian turned it down, <laughs> but I also admired him. It was a really great job. But I'd worked there for so long that I realized it was great. My career path was probably going to be in the right direction, but there was a fulfillment that it wasn't doing for me, right? Like I, I knew that I wanted to like help people. So my goal, let's start with that. My goals were I wanted to help people, but I also wanted to create a certain lifestyle for myself and for my future family at that sure. point to, so that we weren't like struggling. So I knew I couldn't work for like the Red Cross. Like I didn't have that in me. Um, and so right uh, about six months before I graduated from school, someone who was about six years ahead of me in my high school reached out to me and recruited me into one of the big um, insurers. And I was working out of an office in Short Hills. There's going to be a really cool story that I'm going to tell in a minute about the Short Hills office. Mm -hmm. But I was working and basically my job was to wake up and help families kind of protect themselves. Essentially what you do yeah. at not the sophistication level that you did because I was a rookie in the business, but that's what I was doing. And I was feeling like, oh man, there's, there's, there's something I'm still looking for. Like I really had a lot of fulfillment, but there was something I was still looking for because I felt like I was leaving some of the client's goals on the table because I was only helping them with the insurance. Right. And so then I flipped the script. I left the insurance business and got into the investment business, hoping that that would give me the fulfillment. And for a while, I worked for a kind of a regional investment company and really helping folks with kind of like their fixed income and more conservative parts of their portfolio. For timeline purposes, this is just after uh, 2008, 2009 financial crisis. Okay, so another really dip in economy, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, a dip in the economy. And then seeing the emotion tables, right? The emotional kitchen tables where people are holding yeah. their heads. <laughs> Will I have a job tomorrow? What happened to my 401k? And so I went from insuring people to then going, I'm going to get in the investment business, but I don't want to do the risky stuff. Sure. I didn't want to do the stuff that people could lose 40% sure. overnight. So I went to a conservative company. Was there for a number of years and then went independent and said, I, I think I need to do both of these things. Did a pretty okay job at best until you and I really met. And then we could really bring all of this together, right? This story of really wanting to help people overuse term in our industry, which is holistic. And we created Grand Bridge Wealth Management. And basically, so it would be a place where we can help families in every financial moment of their lives. Right? For families who are starting out, great resources. Families who are in mid-career level, raising families, the chaos of soccer practice and right. building careers and homes yeah. and all those kind of things. We have solutions for them. And where a lot of our clients are, is when they're transitioning from those working years to the retirement years, we have solutions for them. So for me, my selfish need of needing to feel like, oh, we are helping people. I feel like we've kind of, we've kind of done that. It's in absolutely incredible that... You share the story about Evelyn, my first aha moment. Yeah, talk about that because I feel like, you know, like I said, getting started, but then like hitting almost like a graduation point, inflection point, if you will, in this industry, you say, wait a minute, this now feels different. I feel it's almost like, look, I don't, it, there's, we don't wear a case, but it's almost like a mini superpower when you sort of discover that because now you're like, okay, everything that I thought was isn't. And now I know what's going to be. And it's very exciting. Holy yeah. smokes. You, you just, you nailed it, right? You go into your job early on and you think that you're doing one thing. And then an event happens. You go, no, I was wrong. I'm doing something totally different. 
So he, here, here's what mine was, and I'll keep the story short because it's a long story, but it's kind of neat. You spoke about 9-11 earlier. When I was first working for this insurance company, one of the things that they had the younger advisors do is something called a beneficiary review. So we would call folks that had policies with the company and we'd <clears> sit down with them and just make sure that the beneficiaries that they might have assigned on their cases many years ago were still their intended beneficiaries. Pretty basic concept, right? And something that someone who's new in the business could handle. So I went out and I saw this family in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And I'll never forget, this was my first aha moment. I sat down at the kitchen table and we were talking about their life insurance and how they had bought it many, many years ago when they were raising young families for some content in this story. Um, they were probably in their mid-60s at the time that we were sitting down. Married forever, 40 plus years, kids, the whole thing. And like maybe 10 or 15 minutes into our conversation, I'd never met them before. The husband, who is a you know, big, strong guy, sits at the side table and for an hour and a half, Uninterrupted, he tells us the story about his 9-11 experience. Oh. Yeah, it was incredible to, to, to witness from every detail. So he was in Tower One and saw all of the heroic things that happened that day and some of the more horrible things that happened that day. But he was telling his wife and me for an hour and a half. We just stood there. And it was almost like we were watching a documentary about the day. About halfway through, she's crying pretty significantly. And I'm new and young and just kind of sitting there and taking in this moment. And when he finally was finished, he was rather emotional. I, I, I asked him, I said, why did you decide to talk about that? And his wife interrupted me and she goes, I can't answer that question, but he's never told family that story. Wow. <laughs> I, I just got a little chills over there. <laughs> Every time I think about it, like, I, I try to remind myself of that. Like on, on the He never told that story to his own family. They, they respected that he, they knew he probably had some inner feelings about that and they gave wow. him the piece uh and, and time that he would share wow. with it at his convenience but that was the first time that this man spoke to his wife of 45 plus years about the most horrible day of his life and i got to experience it i said i got to because that's a real to get oh yeah um and that's when i realized our job is to make the people that trust us to have these financial conversations to make them feel really comfortable we want to play a significant role in their lives where they can really open up and tell us those really important stories that mean a lot to them. In why do you the think he told you? Why do, why do you think he chose that moment? Young kid that he didn't know. Yeah. Why do you think he did that? I mean, I, I don't know yeah. if you know that, but. Why? So I know part of it. Okay. I, I have a feeling that when you carry around that kind of weight, you almost are looking for the right opportunity sure. to talk. All right. So that maybe we sense. just set the stage for it that day sure. because we're talking about his life insurance and what life insurance actually does, right? But what he told me was that I reminded him of a firefighter that went in that didn't come out. And when he said that, I mean, it was, uh, it was pretty uh, impactful to me. And I think it just brought him to that day. And he just felt like I have to unload this from you know, my soul or wherever he was keeping the story. Wow. But you get to first time that he told yeah. his wife. And, and that was the first time, Brad, we talked about this the other day and we were preparing for this a little bit. Since then, right? That was 2009, maybe 2010. Since then. Almost on a weekly, daily, we are sitting in these magical moments with our clients where they are thinking and planning for moments that maybe they never articulated to each other. It's amazing when they admit that to us on a Zoom or in person where one spouse will turn to the other and say, it's the first time he's ever said that. Didn't know he felt that way about things. And they kind of look at each other and I don't know, you almost see like that bond sort of 
come right like that serotonin just like you know, bringing them together a little, a little bit more and it is amazing to not to witness it first of all selfishly but it's also incredible to be able to do something with that mm. like the amount of the you know the army of resources we can deploy it's like okay now that we know that first of all congratulations on getting there and whatever the catalyst was that manifested that in front of you or with you together hopefully it unites you on a personal level, we'll make sure it does on this side. And that's just, like you said, I mean, it's a gift and it's something that could easily be charred up to something that's hokey or cheesy, but I really don't, I mean, it's, I would say when you pull the fibers back, it's all that matters. It's really all that matters. And then, yeah, we do our job. People expect us to be good at it, but you find out people's why, like, why are we in your lives? Why are we here? We're not mandated to be here, you know? So, it's a gift to be there. It's generous on their time. But again, finding that sole purpose of why we're here and just opening up that sometimes can, you know, uncomfortable conversations. Find out the human reason why. So that's the answer to the question of what our audience wanted to know so much about. Like we have our stories about why we got in, right? Traditional stuff. Everybody can talk about the beginning of their careers. It doesn't matter if you're a farmer and finances or pharmaceuticals, whatever it is, right? Everybody's kind of the same way. Hey, I started and then I kind of got good at whatever I was doing. What keeps us here, which I think is so interesting, right? Like we have, or I'll say what we receive from this industry, the biggest gift is seeing life through so many families' lenses, that they share the greatest moments of their life and how they got to where they are today. Some of the not so great moments of their lives. And we get to be just a little bit responsible for some of their successes. We get to, around this time of year, we're sitting here, it's the last day of August, 2023. This is a time where all of our families are calling us and saying, make uh, distributions to pay for my children's or grandchildren's college, right? We're sending checks to colleges throughout the United States. And it's because, and the reason why those checks are able to be cut is because we had spoke and helped these families prepare for those moments. And now they can go and do it. And so when they're talking to us, they're very rarely talking to us about, oh my gosh, I can't believe colleges is expensive. No, they were prepared for it. What they're saying to us is, when we got home, it was a little bit quieter than we expected, right? <laughs> and so they talked to us about the real stuff. The finances are the fuel, but we helped the families get to a place where they didn't have to worry about where the tuition check was going to come from next semester but they're worried more about is we do now that the kids aren't home right they talked to us about that yeah exactly it's one thing that, to check the boxes off but it's another thing that when after you check those boxes off was that how does that transition into the next facet of your life or the next transition mm -hmm. in life retired lives as you're no longer that important person holding that job title having that income coming in become a different person in a better way our job is to make them better right? financially so they can be better on their own and you and I both know that we love taking on people or working with people that want to, again, cheese alert, but smile more in retirement, not feel jammed up, not feel that oh, I lost a part of myself. Guess what? That's okay to feel that way. But if you can create this other sense of purpose and not have to worry about finances and actually revel in the good work that you've done, it's amazing to be a part of something like that. I can't say it better. It's, it, I mean, it literally is the reason why I think we wake up in the morning with this burning passion in front of us. So, so to wrap it up, like, why are we in the business today? 
selfishly, it's a great business to be in. We are the controllers of our own destiny in, in our business and things like that. We have this friendship that we obviously talk about all the time, which like, you know, beyond the scenes is really fun to be a part of. Our families yeah. get along. It's just kind of a home run all around. The reason and we wake up because like, I can't wait when we see a day when we have multiple meetings with our clients and their families. They're going to be sharing some amazing moments in their lives, and then we can help them navigate around it. That is a true privilege. And yeah. we, because of the way that we work with our clients, they're with us for a long period of time. Like We don't set these plans and say, okay, like see you later. We may not talk again. Like We're talking to them on a regular basis. They're keeping us updated. Hey, like I actually did that thing that we were talking about. Or give us those updates. It's an incredible reward every single day. So that, for us, I'll speak, is why we are still here trying to do the most we possibly can for families, bringing new families into our Granite Bridge kind of ecosystem, making sure that they feel like this is the really good place for them. We think that it is. Absolutely. And now I feel, I, I feel greedy for those stories. Like I want, <laughs> I want to, since, since those two stories, compilation of stories that we've been privy to, that people gave willingly from their hearts that our ears were able to soak up and actually talk about this, which is, our motive, our motivation. I love it, and and I know now on these zooms and on these in these personal in person meetings, we could almost see it coming. We can see the shoulders come back, feel comfortable. The environment we try to create the most comfortable environment that we can because sometimes people come to the table uncomfortable because that that's their prior experiences, right? Yeah, talking about finances isn't the most comfortable thing. So our job is to disarm them, but that's when the stories come. And then it's, I mean, that's my favorite part. Absolute favorite part when you hear stories and say, now we know they're wise and then it's our job to get to work. Yeah. It gives meaning for the numbers. 100%. Right. Because behind the scenes, you and I are crunching numbers, making sure that it all works out for them. Yeah. It gives us fuel and almost like an ambition to be like, it's because of this, right? It's it's because they want to take the grandchildren to Disney twice you know, a year, whatever it is. Like, it's not about making the 8% or making sure that if they pass away, there's, there's insurance policy that passes up because there's family or because there's a business that needs to be taken care of. It's so incredible. Like, I feel like we might be making people jealous of this career path that we're in, but we just, I, I hope that we're just getting the point that we're, we're really thankful for it. It's, it is incredibly rewarding. It is. And it was, a, you know, recognizing the tremendous amount of work to get there. But now I think, you know, luckily being, I'll just say, for lack of a better word, veterans in the business, people are now comfortable sharing. So I want to thank the pollsters out there for this great idea. We would have never have done this. No, it felt very selfish to talk about this, quite frankly. Yeah, it felt self-fulfilling and it was and it was not really something we want to talk about other things necessarily. But I will say, I think the way that this went, again, thank you for choosing this, pollsters. I mean, we're just going to let you run the show, I think, from now on. But that was really, really, really great. Hopefully, people watching got something out of this and sort of can get the insight of why we're doing this and why we're staying in it and why we're going to continue to stay in it and effort and champion for the people that find um, us. It's our job to be those advocates and we love that responsibility. So thanks again. Yeah. And more, and more to come. And next episodes are coming are going to be completely about our audience. Less about us, but this is what they wanted. We gave it to them hopefully. And now we can talk about navigating the world of finances and your families for the future. Well said. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you on the next one. Thank you for stopping by the Wealth on Purpose podcast. Your visit is very important to us. If you feel that you got something from your time, please consider subscribing and or liking. 
For more, please visit us on granitebridgewealth.com where a wealth of knowledge awaits.